are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here. I am back. John is back. We finally have a full, well, I guess we did do one. We did one live show. We did. We did one live show together. So, but it feels like, it feels like we're back to form. The, the sickness has hopefully passed all of us at this point. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, producer Brian's not here, so the gang is not all back. He does not have COVID though, so the the show yes. <laughs> the show did not give him COVID last week. Just just to be clear, there was no transmission through Zoom no. of COVID. Um, it's I the new variant. Back. The new variant is on the internet. That's the that's the one that's hard to beat. Um, well, I'll, I'll start this week with my weekend, John, which was yeah. uh, full of just uh, being in this uh, small cottage in Lynchburg um, did not, I planned to go to the DC United game against Nashville. That was probably like maybe the one good thing. Like it was that, that good did, for you, man. Because the game would have been terrible. Um, would not have been a fun game to bring new people to where nope. we're trying to get a game. I need to reach out to my ticket. My ticket rep supposedly says, I uh, reached out to my ticket rep. Um, so I, I'm, I'm dropping this now. I was going to wait until I got confirmation because he has not responded yet. Uh, but he has said that he will he will basically give me four tickets to another game of my choosing. So uh, cool move from the from the DC United ticket rep. I didn't mm. sell my tickets. I got at least some of my money back, not all of my money back. Um, but uh, but a cool move from him if they follow through. Now they got to follow through. So. Uh, but John, how was your weekend? I hope you at least enjoyed the game. Oh well, define enjoy. I certainly, I made, <laughs> I certainly made money on the day, and that's, I, I think that's going to be my plan to enjoy the rest of the DC United season. I think that's the only way I'm going to. Uh, but no, it was, um, you know, I have as as eagle eye listeners of the show will know, I have had COVID and I've had other stuff going on where I haven't really left the house in a month and a week. So it was nice to get out in the world and see people and realize that there's a sun, even though it is hot, which was another thing you got to escape on Saturday. It was pretty molten hot. Uh, but it was nice to remember that uh, life uh, life continues apace, even if you are not, uh, even if you're not in it. So yeah, I think I can say it was overall a good weekend because I got to go out and live. But the game, good Lord, I can't wait to talk about this one. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be fun. But before before we get into the game, we do have some other news. Um, I just wanted to drop that. It, it does feel um, a little weird focusing on um, focusing on soccer right now with with, uh, quite frankly, everything that has been going on that is both terrible, awful and bad. Uh, there are people in our communities uh, who are under threat um, in in multiple ways uh, from what what has just happened with the Supreme Court, um, what's been happening uh, with. Uh, certain extremist factions uh, in our political system that have decided that uh, attacking children or going after children uh, at readings in their elementary school is something that they want to do. So it's a very scary, scary time. Um, And I think it's important to recognize those things. Um, This is a sports podcast. This is an escape, I think, for both you and I, John, Um, even though we are both people uh, who are of a, a gender and a, a race that are certainly the least impacted. Uh, but I think it's important to recognize those things because we have uh, wives, we have uh, daughters who are going to be impacted, particularly by what happened last weekend. Um, and I think I think it's important that the that we recognize that this is not this is not politics when it comes to tax policy or for supporting whichever candidate. This is real things that are impacting people's lives in, in an incredibly negative way. Um, and I think it's important for people to realize that and to stand up and to not just stick to whatever at whatever avenue you are, despite what some people might believe, and um, for supporters to also stand up. And there have been supporters who have stood up um, in, in, spite of, in spite of what some people might think uh, they should be doing and how uh, apparently soccer is more important than what has been going on currently in this country. So I think it's worth calling that out. Um, and, you know, hats off to 202 Unique. Um, I think they've been doing an excellent job uh, driving um, a lot of the messaging. And and um, I'm, I heard recently, I think one of the members says he doesn't feel safe in the supporter section, which is incredibly sad. Uh, these things have real impacts, whether they want to think them or not. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that people in in this game should all be loved and should be welcomed. Um, so I do hope that things change for the better. Um, certainly. 
And, and I, you know, I, as Ted says, I'm, I'm loath to, to not have this be the escape. And I'm also, you know, I used to hate the, uh, I used to hate don't get mad vote. And I still kind of, I still kind of hate it, but also, uh, politics is going to be very bad for a very, very long time. Like, I don't think people, I don't think people have processed that yet. I think people are still sort of in the, the stunned mode. And I think you should just pay attention to the fact if you're happy about this, you're, you're about to be in your, this is your time, man. It's, It's about to all go your way. So if that's you, that's great. Uh, there, every, this morning there was a breaking news alert for the Supreme Court. I was like, I'm not going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> there's never, there's never anything for the Supreme Court that's breaking. Certainly not now. And... So, uh, so, um, but as a person who has, and this is as far as I'm going to go with it, as a person who has at times been very frustrated with electoral politics and want to leave it behind, and as a person also who at the same time has voted in every single election Every time since he's been 18 for a dog catcher, for the primary for dog catcher, I'm voting. That's what I do. Um, I I would get and understand people's, you know, rather desire to burn it down or rather desire to do other stuff. And, and that's fine. You should do all those other things. But I cannot tell you how, how, how much more important it is now uh, to vote in local elections. Because the devolution of politics to the local level is what this Supreme Court is clearly, that's seemingly what they want to intend. And uh, one side has really neglected state and local politics for the last, and and, and, and uh, Ted would know he's worked in it, but uh, <laughs> for, for, uh, for quite some time, for I would say probably two decades, and you can see the, the change in the way things have gone, uh, it matters a whole bunch. So if you're mad about the last week, and, and and once you get past the stage of sort of shell shock, that is really where it would it would pay dividends to to focus your energy. It's 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 productive energy. Um, yeah, that's that's all. Just just I don't want to be that guy. You know, it's a meme right now to to say you know go vote. Don't give don't give five dollars to Nancy Pelosi. She doesn't need it. Yeah. But but do but do find out who your local people are running and what they're about. And if and if, if there isn't someone that's about what you're about, then you can run. The, the the bar it's, is pretty low for local elections. That's all I'll say. Yeah, you know, as, as someone who did work in local, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. Someone who did work in local politics, I, I know that it's like literally one of the only like maybe non justifiable things. I understand people that want to burn it down. Um, the mo- that's one of the more like justifiable things that you just you, sure and you got to do it, and it stinks. You wish there was another. Uh, certainly do wish there was another option um and i wish there was more of a choice than some of what we than some of what i i will be faced with with voting for in november um and uh but it's it's sad um sometimes you get a bargain right ted like sometimes you don't get you don't get you don't get what you want think about being a dc united fan (laughs) so it's sort sort of like the two-party system like you can you can you can give up or you can at least stay engaged and hope that maybe you'll get to where you want someday yeah, and you just hope, and you know what, soccer, soccer sure doesn't matter that. But let's let's get back into let's get back into talking a little bit. In the show um, notes, we'll say if you don't want to hear politics, start with us at the nine minute mark. <laughs> nine minute mark. There we go. Um, but yeah, let's get into. Let's start talking DC. Let's start talking. Let's start before we get into the uh, the bad as always, which is always <laughs> the game um, lately. Uh, let's talk about some of the good things that happened. First and foremost, uh, DC Night officially is getting the 2023 All Star Game. A hey. uh, couple couple news and notes about that. We don't know the opponent. Uh, we do know it'll be happening. I am for one uh, pretty excited about that. I'm definitely going to. I will say I. As long as tickets, I mean, they might get really expensive. Yeah, they're going to get, really, they're going to, it's going to, yeah, they're going to get, they're going to get expensive. I'm hopeful like MLS is still in that kind of market where it's like, you know, maybe, yes, maybe it's like a hundred dollars for like a supporter seat ticket, but like, mm-hmm. that's like, that's like around with the prices. I, I mean, that to me, for me, am I asking like for the experience of going for experiencing things like the, like I would probably go for the weekend. I would want to see the skills competition. I would want to see the like. You know, there, there's tons of events I'm sure they're going to have out there. I'm excited about this. That was, I think, R.J. Olson's question. Is, are you excited about DC hosting the All-Most Ultra game? I am incredibly excited about it. I think it's going to be a fun event. I'll be curious to see who they're playing or who we're going up against. Are we going to do Liga Max again? Uh, are we going to do something else? Um, who knows? Uh, John, what are you hoping for? Are you hoping for more Liga Max? Or are you hoping for something different? Uh, I, 
I think that's fine. I don't think either. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think any. I don't think the opponent is what makes the All Star Game not super appealing. I think it to me. Not, you're excited, and I'm glad you're excited, and I'll probably go because it's here. As long as the prices are not insane, and I don't have to pay for a hotel if I want to stay for the whole weekend, so that's a benefit. You would not want to. I would. I'll, I'll offer you this bed that's right to my right, but I don't think you'll want to do the forty the forty miles <laughs> each way each day. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't think it's the opponent i think it's just a chance soccer is a game that it's much it's so team focused that you want a whole bunch more time to create some cohesiveness around the team like individual individual playmaking is one thing Mm -hmm. but i feel like you don't get a good showcase baseball works because it's pretty individualized basketball works in the first half because it's basically just like they just let people score and it's like score the best (laughs) however way you want and then the last the last quarter we'll, we'll play defense so that's that's always been the struggle, right? I, that's for me. That's the the games are not super visually visually pleasing. And then too, I wonder, do you know? Is there a requirement like in other sports that the host team gets a player, like a default player, like maybe commissioner's choice? I, I think usually there is a commissioner's choice. I, I think I know Freddie Adu was once the commissioner's choice for the for the league. I mean, I imagine if if DC is left off the ballot, there will be a push to have a taxi funtas or a Jillian Gressel. Those are the only two players yes. at this point I could see going to the all-star game based on the squad, but telling uh, taxi he is playing in this game <laughs> will be, I mean, it'll be interesting. Like, at least he'll get a year to like, see that it exists and be like, what is what's happening? What do we do here? So <laughs> he yeah, to, he has to know it exists. I mean, maybe not. Think, I, how much do you imagine that the 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 Greek the Greek national team players who play in Austria get to like get the nitty gritty of the of the MLS Midsummer Classic. I don't know. Anyway, I mean it's it's fine. It's good. I'm glad. Uh, I wish it were, and I know that it won't be. And they already actually said it won't be. It would be very cool if it was thrown in with a season ticket holder, even even at like a discount. I understand that it's not a DC United game. All these things I get. I also didn't want the tickets to the weird capital classic, like keep all those. Like, can I throw those to you (laughs) in a bucket of, I don't care. And then you give me back one all-star game ticket. That would be cool. But that's just, that's just picking nits. Not a huge. Yeah. It's if DC had a 30, 40,000 seat stadium, I would say that would increase the likelihood that it would be included because of, because of the size of DC stadium and the the needs, I guess, for them to max, to maximize the profit. And I know a lot of people hate that. It is what it is. It is a business at the end of the day. So I, I under I would understand it if I was season ticket holder, um, and I would still try to look to go. Um, um, so I am getting a tin though, uh, Ted. So they're sending me a tin. Oh, season, there you go. <laughs> there is a gift, and it is a tin. So I'm very excited least, for my tin. It at least it is a season ticket gift. A gift I'd heard about that. So mm-hmm, that that's mm-hmm. very good for those people. Um, my hope for the opponent. See, I would here. Here's a crazy idea, and I don't know, and I don't know how how much I want to. What you know, everybody's talking about like an NWSL All Star game. Mm-hmm. What if they did MLS and NWSL All Stars, and then they split them up into like yep. you know you play coed teams, yep, and then like you get to draft, and you have to have a certain you have to have a certain number of like that. That to me would be cool. I understand there'd be a lot of people that might be you know think well the NWSL should have their own All Star game. That's true. But that would be a fun that I would watch. That would be fun and unique, like watching it, Trinity Rodman. Yeah, I've seen that as like a as like a um, like a charity game. They've done a lot of co-ed yeah. charity games in the last couple last couple seasons. I think that'd be really cool. Um, and then it really, yeah, I Ted, I think that's a good idea. We should put that out in the world. I like that. Yeah. I'm sure once the, we put it the, on Twitter, we will be told why it's horrible. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it, it could be a fun. It could be a fun, enjoyable like game to watch i don't think it'll happen i think we'll probably see my guess is we're going to see liga mx all-stars again um one thing i think that would be cool to add is to do that and then do a draft format with that i think that would be fun um i think it would help maybe learn some of the players uh maybe you pick like a captain sort of like how the nhl does it i think that would be fun um just kind of mixing up a bit i I think with the all-star game a lot of people i think try to derive seriousness out of it they try to derive like i need to have something out of this where where are my stakes yeah so sometimes things can just be fun enjoyable like the the skills competition is incredible amounts of fun to watch that was that's like the most fun thing to watch of the whole all-star game has there been Um, as uh, i you know i think it's probably going to be one of the one of the which we had a, a researcher on staff here 
Do you know of any injuries that have happened in MLS All-Star Games? Do you remember? Now, there are very high-profile ones in the MLB All-Star Game, notably where Pete Rose ended a catcher's career in an All-Star Game. Uh, <laughs> but I don't believe... Because that's obviously, that is my concern. And that used to be yeah. sort of like the DC United fan base. Like, I don't want to vote for DC United players in a midweek game. I, but by the way, from a scheduling perspective, could they not shut the shut the league down for an entire calendar week? Where they have yeah. no games the weekend before, no games the weekend after? Like... They could do that, and then you take away that concern completely. But I don't know if they're gonna. Yeah, I, it, well, I mean, here they now they got the Leagues Cup coming in the middle of August, so who knows if they could do that? I will say, like the amount of like, there's there's so many subs. Players are out there 20, 30 minutes. They're not playing even in some of those friendly. You know, certainly the players who are on the you know European teams that come out of here don't want to get injured or hurt. So I, I think it's I think it's a relatively, in ah. my opinion. Yes, there has been one. I'm sorry. I Googled very quickly. Hymason <laughs> uh, Alave, uh, uh, Greg Garza, uh, fans were injured because of fireworks. <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's apparently quite a few. But it's, yeah, anyway, I think it, I, it's I, an it, incredibly, it, incredibly weird thing. I remember there was one time I think Ben Olsen left. Um, I think it was, I want to say it was, it was some Vancouver defender out there too long because i think maybe there was an injury and he had to leave him out there and he's like yeah they're not gonna be too happy with that i only told him i play him like a half uh a half and i ended up playing him the full game do you remember so, Hymas and alave yeah I he was a big he was a big dude he reminds me of you remember alex from chelsea was another def- center back defender that was just like a mountain of a bald man and yeah, yeah. i remember alave well, let's talk about uh dc United. so i don't think here it's in the notes we can confirm too uh, that Edison Flores is not is no longer a decent United player. Yes, and in fact, uh, uh, <laughs> go ahead. You you can say it. You can tell. You can uh, tell him what's happened this week. Oh, he mi- he missed the penalty and the. He did. I guess it's like the cup of champ. Like, uh, I don't know. It's like between Chris Hazel and 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 uh, Atlas. Not not a not a like serious competition. More of a community shield type of game. I, but. I will tell you that Romelu Lukaku's first Chelsea stint. Began to fall apart when he missed a penalty in the in the uh, community shield. So not for <laughs> nothing, it's happened before. Things can happen, but yeah, yep. just bad vibes for Edison. Unfortunately, uh, that was the first impression he gets to make on the home fans. But he's gone. The DP spot is open. We have one DP on the roster. His name is Taxi Fontas, and he is not very smiley this weekend, but justifiably so. Uh, but we replace him in a way with a player. Yep, Martin Rodriguez, which you guys talked about a little bit last week, so it won't. Uh, but that move was now made official. Um, that was not we not gone away from a medical medical issue or something, or who knows a contract issue. Who right. knows what happened? Honestly, with the whole, uh, <laughs> I, I do think. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we we won't we won't talk we won't talk about um, Sonny Kittle and that whole thing. You guys already went into it. I think maybe it's worth talking a little bit about. But let's talk. Martin Rodriguez uh, has signed. They apparently did beat out. Um, one of the biggest like sides in Chile wanted to sign him and wanted to bring him back. And apparently DC beat him out. So um, I think that is maybe a little bit significant. Um, I mean, Colo Colo are a big side in Chile. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chile is a big soccering town. So the fact that MLS kind of beats these, you know, these types of teams out probably wouldn't have happened, uh, you know, 10, five, 10 years ago. Um, so he won't arrive until he won't start playing until July um, when the window opens, uh, we mixed sort of reviews. They say he's, you know, got some skill dribbling on the ball, uh, progression. He's able to move the ball up. Uh, but you know, he does have some sort of end product crosses. issues. Yeah. end product issues. I will say I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit encouraged with some of what I've seen. And I think that if, if he plays the role of just, just honestly, just giving us some sort of person who can dribble, because that's what DC's like. And we'll get into it when we talk about the game. That's what DC's lacking in in droves is just somebody who's able just to take some guys on. And when you have somebody who can at least do that type of thing, or at least attempt that type of thing, sometimes you have success. And we'll get, again get into that in a minute. Uh, but any sort of changes you, you've had, kind of a week. Maybe you've seen some more videos, some more analysis of Martin Rodriguez, any changes no. about him? You, you, We should correct something on the show. He did play for a first division Turkey side that got relegated. That became a second um, division. Turkey. He also, if you look at, if you look at foot mob for whatever that's worth for some people, it's something and for some people it's not, he was like their joint best player. So on a relegated team, he was, he was decent. I think he was like yeah, a 7.1 we, average for the season. So who knows? People talked about his, People talked about his goal production. I'm like, well, yeah, that's like a third of their like goals this entire season because they were terrible. Um, 
Similar to Henri. Yeah. Similar to Henri when they were looking at him, where he was scoring goals for a team that didn't score a lot of goals. So, uh, you know, it's. I think it. I think it's extremely hard to port over league to league success, and all you can really do is are the are the recruiting are the recruiters happy with his skill set, and they think it's going to mesh with what we need. We need everything. We need a lot of things right now. So I think that was the big people are getting upset about, you know, either where he plays or we need so many things right now. If Ted and I were to, if Ted and I were to do a redraft, a fantasy football manager redraft of this entire team, like we would be starting with not too many players. We would probably (laughs) have lots of available spots. So let's see this, uh, uh, a minimal, a minimal cost three, I think 300,000 as a transfer fee. That's nothing. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's uh to keep in mind that's seven hundred thousand dollars less than a transfer fee than we paid for Nigel Robertha. So just keep that in mind. He's not a DP. We'll see how we'll see how he goes. And uh yeah. he will be eligible potentially to start July seventh, but he's gotta get his visa sorted. I don't know where he is and in, in that process. So Yeah. We'll uh, so I mean ho- hopefully that process is moving along and he gets it sorted pretty qu- pretty quickly. Really, uh, do do want to ask you something here? Uh, quick question before we get into the game. Yeah. Um, yes or no? DC fill the two DP slots this window. Uh, I don't think they do. I think they. I think you they, think they fill, fill any. Do you think they fill one? I think they fill, I think they fill one. one. I think they fill one in an effort to not finish last place and to sell some tickets because yeah. uh, it's starting to get done. now. Did they have a sellout in this game we're about to talk about? I guess. Theoretically, yes, it was very crowded. It, I, I would not have been surprised if you told me that was an actual sellout. It was very packed, but uh, I don't think that's going to be the norm from from here nope. on out. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe their maybe their ticket ticket people are extremely good at, at I, polishing a turd. I think a lot of people were kind of talking about how they weren't sort of surprised this was a sell. It was also a five o'clock game, so it's a game you can sort of bring your kids to. Most of these you know, games are going to be seven eight o'clock. Correct. It's not usual conducive to bringing like small kids and your families. kid would unfortunately melt into a pile of goo if you brought them to this game and we're sitting on my side of the field but uh sleep perspective wise it'd have been fine they'd have been real sleepy after that after that day May, and who knows maybe they'll have a, maybe they'll have a sellout at the uh at the ted lasso night coming up on yeah. july 13th <laughs> I, should i dress up ted i think you should you should right, maybe i should I, do, do, I remember do, i i should I do should your do coach it. beard yeah, do your coach do beard do the do the coach beard all right, let's get into the now. Let's 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 dive into the badness that was this uh, that was this game. Um, I, I I did want to add first. Actually, I wanted to go back a little bit. I want to say um, I think there is a there is a universe where they do not fill that designated player spot, especially if they any of the DP slots. And almost I'm like, do we even want them to before they we even know if this team is going to have a coach? I don't know. Maybe maybe you punt this whole year. They do have a lot of contracts. I think Burnbaum's contract is up. A lot of players, uh, I believe Bill Hamid's contract is up, yep. so they're going to have some roster space. This is this is going to be a rebuild. I think they will have a a decent enough core that you could come in and basically tell a coach, "Hey, you got a blank canvas. What do you need? Let's let's figure out what we can do." Um, I don't know. That, that's certainly something I think that could happen. And you, tw- you tweeted say- that or wherever you put that out, and I was like, "There's there's something there." Now, I would also prefer that we have a new or at least half of a new general manager to, to do that full rebuild. It will be somewhat painful for me to say, let's, let's start all over again. And then we've got to wait another three years for this to play out again before we can again, then judge how this actually went to then actually decide if we need to make any changes, you know? So I feel like I'd almost rather them say, all right, you've got one more chance. Spend, spend as much of my money as you want. uh, And I need results by X date. And if you don't, then we're, we're moving on. But if we go from start again, that line, that date is like down the down the road too much. Yeah, and we'll we'll get we'll get in that too. We'll get in that we'll get in that a little bit. I think with some of the listener questions. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Let's talk this DC Nashville game. Um, before I think we before first... we get started, I want to say I miss I missed the thing we're about to talk about. Uh, I was we were only I was the the lines were very long around the gate, and we had to go all the way around the stadium to find another gate. And it was like I the kickoff was while we were in line. I was like. Uh, Hani Mukhtar is going to score, and Taxi Funtas is going to get injury subbed in the first six minutes. And uh, I didn't get all of that right, but I got some. I got. I think I got some of that right. <laughs> I don't know. Who... 
Well, uh, uh, Henry Mukhtar didn't didn't score. It was um, Lovitz, I believe, that scored. Well, the, the, the Mukhtar just scored though eventually, right? Yes. yes okay. All right. Scored. Well, anytime goal scorer was my bad, apparently. <laughs> yes, but uh, but let let let's talk the game. Uh, so Ashton goes in this game. So after the wonderful game that was the Chicago game, what does Chad mm-hmm. Ashton decide to do? Uh, basically roll out the same type of formation and say, hey, let's try. You know that thing that really didn't work last week against one of the worst teams in the league? Hey, uh, let's do that again. Um, and he did. And it was it was it was bad. It's this to me, I think to me has undersold that he, I don't I, I don't want to say he doesn't know what he's doing, but I think he's trying to do something that is just not what you need to be and not what this team has been built to do number one that's been the biggest disappointment here i guess from here i thought chad was just gonna come in not really try to change anything and was just gonna go out and maybe he feels like he's forced into it with the lineup he has uh but at this point man like throw throw out the keep the three four three keep the press uh because once he did shift to it it looked it looked better it looks certainly better than what than what it is and right now that's kind of what that's really all i'm hoping for right now is just that something at least entertaining and better than what we're seeing uh because these last two games have just been it's just been awful and terrible and this was the same it was like he tried the exact same thing three defensive midfielders he this time replacing scundrith with canals uh and canals is normally a pretty good player but it just still didn't work the team looked just very flat like they they were gonna and he should have known too i'm like dude you're going to be given the ball that's that's how nashville play they sit back and they hit you on the break and it was literally like everybody in the stadium knew that was going to be the plan everybody in the stadium knew that wasn't going to work except for chad ashton i i have to think i mean this was this was a baffling baffling lineup choice absolutely baffling he is bereft of midfield attacking players on his bench aside from jackson hopkins was he available or was he already on international no, he, at that he, time? He's over with the U20s right now. Yeah. He's a replacement for um for Obel, I think Vargas who got injured. So he's over in El Salvador right now. So that's the only thing I would say. I would uh I hate to make excuses for these lineup choices. I'm I am tired of the the the, the formation as well. Uh but that that is one thing I was thinking of. I three defensive midfielders in any in any configuration is 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 not gonna is not what you want to do. You're not you're not going against Nashville is not the world beater. They're not LAFC. They're not like they're not scoring a million goals a game. So it's not like you've got to just sh- turtle shell to 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 protect yourself to not get you know completely annihilated. And we and that happened anyway, <laughs> regardless yeah. of your of your defensive setup. Yeah, it was just it, again. It was like it was like watching this team. Pass the ball around, move it around, and then they then they try to make a move, and they you know run out of ideas, and then the ball gets picked off, and then it's Nashville going on the break, um, and then Nashville gets some sustained possession in the counter, and then really and really they get peppered by now you can see the goal coming. I mean I think the goal came really early in the game. Um, let's talk about the goal. I actually thought it came off a set piece. It did not come off. I think directly a set piece. I guess the one positive here is I don't think there were any set piece goals that DC gave up this year, so. This game so positive, um, positive, positive on that front, I guess. Um, but the, I mean, it's a ball over the top. Uh, Gressel and Burnbaum are for some reason going for it at the same time. I mean, it's really just like the same like comedy of errors we've seen from this team defensively, mm-hmm. which is why I'm like, I'm like, why are you even bothering with the defensive lineup? Like the best, the best, uh, the best defense right now is for is for DC to somehow develop an offense at this point. Um, <laughs> that's literally the best, the best shot we have at, at anything at this point, because this team is not going to put up like a shutout against any team at this point. And I mean, but it's, it was really just, it like, I don't want to blame, I guess, Gressel too much. I thought Birnbaum was, he had his worst game in my mind. Um, in my mind, I thought he was second goal. It was, we'll get to that in a minute. But I mean, again, it was just a comedy of errors. Ball falls to Lovitz. Romo gets beat near post. You can't do that. I think I looked at like the expected goals of that was like 0.05 yep. on that shot. So I, it's just, that's just bad. Terrible. Um, yeah. Anything, anything you want to add to that goal or is it just, Nope, uh, I don't. I think and and the and the, uh, the best chance for DC United is been, is uh, been described by a million people, uh, apparently as it was being so visually comical about screwing himself into the ground. I think is the the phrase that everyone uses for this. 
Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, and I'm trying to remember when that. I think that did happen. That happened when they were down one nothing. I believe yep, um, it did because I didn't see uh, it. It was a- Andy Dahar basically getting getting as close as you can to developing something. Uh, does some nice moves, get some uh, nice quick one two passing. I think with Funtas or somebody on the field gets uh, has an opportunity where he could potentially uh, slide the goal. Uh, but right now, with how the season is going, uh, what does he do? Of course, he whiffs at it and falls to the ground. And uh, that's uh, that was just that was almost just like a perfect summation of of DC United season at this point. It's just like there was a lot of hope and a lot of uh, uh, chances, and it just kind of all just falls apart. Um, and uh, then I think uh, I'm not sure when the second goal. The second goal came close to the end of the, and I think that was the real. I think if they go into halftime, they make their adjustments. Maybe we see we see a different result. Uh, but it was uh, Hani Mukhtar. I believe uh, Taxi Funtas gets uh, dispossessed. Again, he's trying to go back, trying to make something happen. Uh, because right now there's nothing happening in the midfield. So I can't say I really like blame him all that much in that moment. Uh, but makes it kind of a bad touch. I think it's stolen by Mukhtar. Mukhtar sort of plays it to McCarty. McCarty uh, maybe makes a couple of the passes, runs in between then, but uh, runs down the field, uh, lays the ball off to Mukhtar, who's wide open. Not much Romo can do about that. Uh, bad defensive breakdown. I thought uh, Birnbaum in particular looked really lost. Uh, personally, you want to talk about a defender who actually, I think, had played decently in this game and actually made some pretty big tackles was uh, Brendan Heinzeich. Oh. I would say Brendan Heinzeich. Brendan Heinzeich made a couple of really nice tackles. Uh, first half. We'll get to Diamond Pines maybe in the second half. I uh, uh but I, I I in the stands I said I can't believe Dax McCarty is celebrating against his former team like that. No class, no class. <laughs> <laughs> well, um I, I don't think I don't think he fondly remembers his No, I thought it was DC. the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um do you not think at that point at that point you know the game is at that point you know the game is over. Yep. Uh Basically, Chad tries to sort of try to get this team back. He subs in Nigel Robertha for uh, Safane Jafal. Uh, I still am not giving up on Jafal, but I think he's just being – I think he's just being misused at this point. I think he works better when he has a defensive anchor and has a little more freedom to go forward. Uh, I think this three defensive midfielders doesn't really suit his play style, and I think he also needs someone to link up with. He's not a – uh, a guy who's going to be the creator. And maybe that's what Chad Ashton had in mind. He's certainly the more offensive of the two um, defend, uh, central midfielders. But um, then there's the third goal. Uh, I mean, this one's just kind of like, I don't know like how much you can really blame other than just giving Han- Hanny Mukhtar a shot, which you never yeah. want to do. Um, deflection over the top, sneaks under the post. Um, this, is, this is a ball don't lie goal. This is that you, yeah. you deserve pain and I'm going to give it yeah. to you. Yeah. Uh, but then suddenly, uh, I will say after that goal, like DC came to life. I think there was um, a sub Donovan Pines in for Julian Gressel, Michael Estrada in for Ola Kamara. Michael Estrada had a better game than Ola Kamara. Uh, certainly holds up the ball well to create the second goal. Leaves it off for your boy, uh, <laughs> yeah. your boy, Nigel Roberta. Um, and this was sort of, this was incredibly frustrating because to me it showed, I'm like, Look, like, Chad, we're bad, buddy. Like, you can't just, like, Benny ball this thing through. Like, you need to get this team to figure out some way to get forward. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to win games, but we can at least look a little better when trying. And I think, honestly, you'd play yourself into a better job. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, By just, you know, going direct. They finally go direct. They generate probably their best chance they've generated in literally probably the last four or five games and they get a goal out of it. A nice ball. They, uh, taxi Funtas is able to sort of lose, lose the defense and slots home a nice goal. And it's the kind of the, you kind of think, okay, maybe there is something here. Um, then Nashville lock it down. And there really wasn't much, much else after that, that I can remember based on that, but, uh, just another kind of disappointing performance. I think Kamardi Smith came on, he was a big nothing burger. Uh, Drew Skundrich, everybody's favorite, came on. He was also a nothing burger. I mean, overall, it's just it's just a bad performance. It's kind of like where do we go from here? Um, it, it does seem like <laughs> it does seem like uh, Chad Ashton maybe is now thinking he's going to change what he's going to do. I hope he has at least some of that. Um, their next game will be Monday, 
July fourth against uh against Orlando. So in Orlando, so should be hey. should be fun times there. <laughs> should be fun times there. Um, John, any other quick thoughts about this game? I kind of gave the summary. It was just kind of an awful bad performance. Yeah, no, I. I yeah, there's, there's, there's. You gotta, you gotta go through it. You gotta analyze, like we have. But it's just at the end of the day, it's an unentertaining product right now. It is, it is a game. It is a game in which you'll be like, I kind of want to look at my phone right now while I'm here. Like I want to get on Twitter <laughs> instead of watch this game because it's poor. Uh, just for context about the the type of chances that Nashville had. For whatever you think about XG for the total, the game Nashville had 0.87 to DC United's 0.74. Uh, Nashville had one more shot than DC United, and they had more. And DC United had 58 percent of the ball. Yet the score is what the score is. So like it's just uh, I'm I'm glad that Chad did not get on the horn and be like, listen, we had the ball almost 60 percent of the time. Uh, you know, we had we had we had about as many shots as they did trying to find the 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 silver lining of it. He did not. He basically was like, "Everything is bad. I'm bad. The team is bad. Nothing's working. We need to do something different." People were mad at him for saying that because he's the coach. But like, you're you're limited somewhat. He took the blame as much as he could take it. He said like, "The tactics were not good enough. I'm going to have to change things because we can't continue on going this way." Like I thought that was as as good of a mea culpa as you're going to get unless he wanted to be like. And also, the players are garbage, and I can't believe I don't have any midfielders available. Like, where are these players? Even though it's not, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> COVID, COVID took all their Loudon players, and it's not the window yet. So here we are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, hopefully there are some more. I, I think you need to bring in some more some more players. Bodies. The field. Even yeah, just bodies at this point. I think Martin Rodriguez might help a little bit. Um, we'll see how that goes. He be- he probably did not anticipate ever coming into a team and being so immediately needed as uh, yeah. as as this. <laughs> you know, as I, we we talked about it last week, maybe Lucy Rushton's right, and these players love being put into a rebuild. Mart Martin, I believe, with an accente sobre the I at the end, uh, buddy, you're about to become very essential. You might <laughs> you might be an every game starter, but you need, we'll see quickly. You know, to to defend Lucy, I, I don't. I think she was trying to say, you know, look, when you're recruiting players and you're saying, look, you're you're an incredibly talented player. And right now we don't we need you here because you're going to be the most important player is going to be a part of us, part of this thing we're building for the next three years. And we're going, you know, all of that. I, I, I think there are some players who would find that attractive is like, hey, I'm not going to I'm not coming in and I'm going to have to fight for my spot between like the three other center attacking midfielders they bought this window like i'm i'm literally the guy so I'm i think if you're I think if you're a talented if you're a talented player coming into dc united you know you're the guy like it it is implied that you were the guy <laughs> it's it i think the challenge is hey you're coming in uh we don't have our coach yet we have no idea who that is yet they could yeah. they could have an entirely different style of play we would like it to be around you but you know no promises <laughs> come come and see us I think it depends. I think it depends on what what age you are. I think if you're in your 30s, yeah, that's probably not very attractive. Like, no, I'll just go continue. Let me give me a team that's ready, that's ready to rock and roll, and I'm maybe like a the, the sort of last piece. Um, but if you're a guy who's like 23, 24, you know, 25, 26, you're looking at maybe the prime of your career. You're looking for something that um, that could be that could be big. So I think the team has to find. They have to find a new coach. I, I think this is. We talk about people talk about like oh they're expecting Chad to be here. I think at this point I don't know how you can justify Chad Ashton right now as a coach. No chance. Like, th- no, no chance. I will. I will become the Joker if Chad Ashton gets the full time job. <laughs> prepare. For, prepare for me to be the uh, in in real life version of the worst person you know on Twitter about this team. That's what's going to happen if Chad Ashton keeps the job and this team is not magically somehow fifth in the East or fourth in the East somehow at the end of this. I wanted to. I, I mean, want, there was. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go first. Uh, I wanted to say about the about the game. One last thing that's kind of funny. Uh, so there, we, I don't know if you noticed before the game, DC United sends out a tweet in Spanish uh, to La Banda talking about sort of how much they value them, and then the the, the specifics are unclear. I, I reached out for comment for the team as well to to get sort of their side of their perspective because <clears throat> all we have are basically. 
Even people who are very involved with Lubanda don't actually know exactly what happened. Uh, but what I will say, all the caveating all of these things, there was a there were there were vertical banners that are sort of running the running the length of uh, of the Chico stand, and they were there ahead of time. They were there at the beginning of the game. They were there before the beginning of the game, and around the 40th minute, uh, they go and tell Labanda that these are not okay. These need to come down right now. We got to get rid of these. And Labanda said goodbye, f you. Like we're just doing our thing here. And, and and according to some people who were there were saying that like security was really rough with some of the members there as they were trying to get them to leave. They go, they leave. Halftime happens. <laughs> this is the best part. I got my my seatmate Trey took a picture of this. Uh so there's a giant hole in the supporter section, right in the middle. There's like a like the the little the literal heart was removed from the Chico stand. And above them on the on the video board is Thank you, Labanda. We are honoring fans of the game. Labanda does this to go, and there's just no one there. And theoretically, what happened was they realized that that was a problem, and they didn't mean to actually have that happen. Uh, and you know, on Twitter, the the comment is that they tried to the, the team tried to get them to come back, and they refused. And now all of their away game trips are canceled for the rest of the season until they have a conversation. So. Talk about a mistake. <laughs> Talk about some miscommunication on the game day perspective. And, you know, Ted and I are on different discords and, and whatnot. And there are groups of, uh, there are elements of this group that are just like, we are tired of this. Like we are, we're putting it, we're, we're doing our best to like give you what you want and give, and we are trying to give what we want to give. And all we get is static and all we get is, all we get is this kind of stuff. Uh, so wild stuff. The picture was the best. I'm glad that he, I'm glad that he took that because it was the, the, the metaphor was just too strong and too on the nose and too perfect to, to have even been scripted. It's, it's really, it's really incredible. It's incredible how much this team, what, what's so like, if you're, is that you could tell the team was like actually like trying to do something to honor a lot of these people who are coming to this game to watch this, this awful team, this and, bad and, team. Yep. And it was like, probably like they had this whole script of like, Oh, we got the national TV. You could tell by the way on the stream, like it was just quiet. Yeah. Um, it was. They probably put the microphones right there. There was just nothing on the, on the, on, on the broadcast. It, it was kind of loud at the beginning and then suddenly it just stopped. And I didn't even, I thought it was just honestly, like the crowd was silent. Yeah, they no, the game was silent. <laughs> and I hope, I hope there is, I do hope there is a resolution. I hope somebody out there is like, we need to talk to these people. Who knows if it even work? It'll even work at this point. I think there's a lot that are just like, you know, screw this. I'm done. Right. Like, um, this is this is over. Now, say what you will about Ernan. Ernan would be the guy who's saying you need to fix oh, this yeah. with because he did. That happened last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that that uh, ongoing situation. <laughs> if the team comes back to me with uh, what they with their version of events, I'll share that on either I, next episode or Twitter. I think I think what I think honestly in my mind I think it was I think it wasn't I wonder if it was a if it was an actual team official or if it was like a security person being overzealous security people saying oh this has got to come down yep. not going to the team and saying hey this is I think is a fire hazard and ho- I would hope some of the team would be like look it's fine like we're not like go go or, stop being or yeah. if that is the case if security says that was the, they 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 radio the the team staff and be like we think this is not okay we think it's a fire hazard or whatever we're going to take care of it the team they should have said okay hold on don't go do anything yet let us go talk to them first and let them know what's going on they can not like it or they can like it but then at least it's not just the security like the security team yeah. that's because then they could you know like we listen we don't have we shouldn't have allowed this yeah. before the game it's not safe blah 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 but there's none of that yet, at least as far as we I, know. Wild stuff. I, I, I think it would have been I, – I really – I'm not seeing – I guess they're like, oh, you're blocking a fire exit. I'm like, it's a it's a banner. Just go under the banner. Like, I, yeah, I really I really don't get the I, – I don't understand the fire. I'm sure there's something more to it. it, it I'm, I bet that it's not that because if DC and I, if DC and I cared about fire hazards, there would be more than one exit off of the upper deck. <laughs> <laughs> there would there would be one more than one true. set of stairs. It's very true. It, it should have been it should have been a thing of look. Let's just if we get fined, we get fined. Like whatever. Like yep. uh, at this point, um, let's uh, 
We got so many questions. We opened yeah, we, we so opened the mailbag and and you guys filled it. So yes. thank you as you always for our awesome Twitter and I, listeners. I, I do want to start with this for a question from RJ Olson. Will Chad Ashton make it to the end of the season as manager? Yep. yep. You you think you hundred percent? Yep. No matter what. I I think there is there is if this keeps going bad, if this team just keeps keeps being awful. And there is somebody out there that maybe they are talking to or they have talked to and they said, you know what, it's time to pull the trigger here. Let's make let's make let's make the signing. I, I think it's gonna depend on who they have. If they have no one else out there, then yeah, I think he gets to the end of the year and they they regroup. Um but I think if there is somebody that they they've started talking to or they've maybe reached out to at this point, I don't think it would be the stupidest thing in the world to start to start maybe looking to reach out and to find somebody. This team um, will not pay three head coaches in the year twenty twenty two. They will not do it. They'll owe all of those well, all of those coaches money. Fair enough. I'll be shocked. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I, but, I think I think that's. I, I don't think you're paying. I don't think you're paying even with the increase that you gave Chad. I don't think you're paying him enough that it would really it would really matter. So. It, you're not. It's not a big number. But, and and you're right. Now I think it's important too. Like, have they identified who they want for 2023? Like clearly, we all we all know that. Some degree of this was lip service. This they the, the, as far as the Chad is our guy. He's going to be the guy. Blah blah. blah. That was like where we had to make this move right this second. He's here. There aren't a lot of good coaching options available. We want to we want to take our time. Whatever. Do you think they have sort of narrowed that field down already, and they're already interviewing people? Here here here's what it, here's what I, I I think they are. I think they're starting to build a list. If if you're you're starting to build a list. There's a coach, I think the Union Omaha coach, uh, who just led his team to a quarterfinal um, result in the Open I don't know his name offhand, uh, and also won the USL League One Championship. Uh, has apparently said he is not coming back next year. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, that would be an, that would be certainly an interesting signing if they brought him in. That's I, a profile. I, I Go ahead, Ted. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he, what I here's what I could see. I could see them also saying, "Look, we need to." Give the fans something. We have this guy. We want to hire him. He's we basically we announce him in September, October when this team is out of the playoffs. That hey, here's the new coach. He's gonna be here in in uh, he's gonna be here in, in twenty in the beginning of twenty twenty three. I could see something like that happening. I hope we don't get into another situation that we had with Hernan where it was like literally we were but we we headed into the freaking draft. Without a coaching hire, we had the coaching hire literally the week before. I don't think you want a repeat of that situation. Could be wrong though, but I think they're interviewing. They have to be, in my opinion, they have to be interviewing candidates or starting to look at candidates. I think there is something to that USL League conquering coach as the profile of a of a coach they'd want. They're not going to want a strong personality that's going to demand things. They've done that. They don't like that, uh, and I don't think they're going to want a retread that's failed at the MLS level already. And they don't have a team that's sort of top heavy with a lot. I mean, yet maybe I don't know if they're going to sign for the other, other DP spots, but they don't have like player power issues of like you know Gareth Bale coming here is not going to come coach for a lower league side promoted coach. Yeah. That's not what he's going to want. So you, this is a team where that kind of thing could work, and I think that that's I think we should keep our eyes peeled for for that being sort of the way they go, rather than the Chris Armis route, rather than sort of the MLS retread is like all right, well, and that also. They're cheap, they're easy to fire, they're easy to they're they're not going they're not going to rock the boat, and maybe you'll catch some lightning in a bottle with some new ideas or mm-hmm. you know motivational tactics that haven't worked in the past. I think that's a you find, good shout. You find a Caleb Porter basically is mm-hmm. what you're looking for. Yeah, college coach or, or or USL League One maybe. I like it. Yes, uh, Pat McGill asks uh, when things are all wrong as a team, how do you properly evaluate individual players? Good. Damn question, Pat. Uh, that's that's a struggle, and I think we're we've seen it play out. You and I, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, what's we? Let's not name. We don't need to say who, but what's Julian Gressel drawing drawing a lot of fire, drawing a lot of yeah. like individual targeting for how, how bad he's playing. And our and I really and, don't think I he is one player. I do not think has been that bad. I really don't think he's been that bad. The numbers don't bear it out. I mean, the problem is he was so good last year, like you pointed mm-hmm. out. That that's really the nature of this thing, and. As you also pointed out, the offense is structured to run solely out of his out of his side. He, the fact that he's the one that's crossing the ball all the time, they're not great. His crosses have not been as good as last year, and they've not been finding targets, and goals have not been flowing in by Ola Kamara as they, as they had in the past. But the lack of other options make him more 
vulnerable and less effective. So that's not really his fault. And it's hard to, it's very hard to evaluate players in this context when there's so few bright spots. It's, uh, I mean, Jafal is a player that Ted likes a lot. That's a bright spot. Uh, Jackson Hopkins, in very, very limited time, uh, has shown sort of the young players, um, you know, desire to try stuff and, and not really get over intimidated by the moment. I think Donovan Pines has had a very good season so far and in, in, in somewhat limited time. He has, he has so far starched the one big mistake for a goal out of his game, knock on wood. Yeah. Also, he's not starting every game, so like chances are less. But he has improved. I am I am much more comfortable with him than I would have been in the past. Um, <coughs> a taxi, obviously, is an is a unmitigated. He is uh, accumulating stats on his own. I think it's, it's at yeah. six goals in nine games. Is that is that the stat? Yep. Yep. Uh, that's great, right? Other than that, it's hard to really look at this sort of blob that doesn't have an identity and doesn't have effective tactics and really draw too many conclusions about individual players. I think, I think what you're seeing is this is a team now that is heading into, they're going to get a chance. This is going to be, I think an actual proper rebuild. We are going to see next season. Um, they, that they really haven't had since 2014. And that was honestly a pretty, a pretty good season. Maybe, well, maybe 2017, 2018. Um, we'll, we'll say, uh, I'll, I'll put that in there, but those always follow good seasons. I, I want to say to people are like, oh, this team's never going to be good. I'm like, I don't know if they'll ever be like consistently good. They're going to have a, ba- I, I, I would put some pretty good money on them having a bounce back season next year. I don't think it'll be to the top of the table, but I could absolutely see them. I, I think there is core pieces there that if, if you find the right talent, like you did in 2014, like you did in 2018, you can put together a good squad. And you can go and you can and you can and you can do things right. Um, Alberto DCU says, "How would you change the current midfield three that Chad has set up? Uh, take it, burn it, throw it away. Uh, <laughs> never, never speak of it again." Honestly, at this point, man, like just that that lineup he threw out. I think you need, I think and I talked about this earlier. I think you need Danny Dahar higher up the field. Even this though it's going to break no him again. <clears throat> I I don't. I, I don't know how much like how does it not break him to have him at central defense anymore? I I don't buy into that. I guess the my like, his, his, his the miles that he runs are lessened. It doesn't seem like it because he dribbles the ball a lot. But if you look if you look at his like his his, his miles traveled numbers, they are lower. Like that is that yeah. is that is the re- it's less less repeated sprints and it's less sort of vulnerability to being fouled in the way that he has been when he's further up the field. I I think if you, I think you're going to have to limit his minutes, obviously, but I think getting him higher up the field, maybe you bring in a more defensive midfield where he doesn't have to check back as much. And you can get a guy like, like canals or Durkin that can just slot back into his sort of left wing back position. Um, I just, I just think this team just needs him when they got him higher up the field, they looked a lot better. And at this point, maybe you figure out a way to manage his minutes. Maybe you, he plays every other game. I just think it's more effective than where he is right now. The defensive, the having him in defensive center defense is not working as well as it used to because quite literally there are very few. He is one of the other very few options this team has. Uh, I would uh, I would set it up as uh, Kanaus. Uh, this is all this is assuming health. No more COVID and no more national duty. Uh, Canals, Hopkins, and Cudi Pietro. I'd sort of invert it from the standpoint of like what you're hoping to get out of those three players. Or if you're going to put Jafal, if you're going to put Jafal out there, you can't have both Canals and Durkin. So you've got to you got to make your choice there. That, those those three players should not, I think, be on the field at the same time again. They are there. I think Durkin and Jafal have somewhat of a dupl- duplicative talent, uh, like some of the some of the same things they bring to the table. And then also we have Moses Nyman, thank goodness. Uh, finally, I believe in full training this week. I don't know if he'll be ready to play yet. He uh, but he brings soon. a similar skill set to Durkin, though. So I, I for sure, yeah. no you you have a you have a bad shopping list here. You have good players that can't be together. Um, so that they're gonna have to figure that out for sure. Like last in, in the past, you had you had Canals and Moreno as a a good pairing. They did they did similar things, but Canals was able to. Go more forward because Marino was never doing that. He was set in his he was set in his role. They have they that is a big problem 
from a coaching perspective when everybody's healthy to figure out like, all right, we've got to really be creative formationally to get these players in. And maybe we just need to get maybe, you know, like you were saying three up front, we got to figure out, we got to figure something else out to, to sort of thin this out because these players are all young. They all need minutes aside from canals. Um, they are all young and we've got to figure it out, but it's, I think, I think that's what I would, I would, uh, Cudi Pietro Hopkins and canals or, uh, canals Durkin and Hopkins. It, uh, and honestly, based on the fact that the goal came from Nigel Roberta, I think he gets to start. I think my front three right now is Taxi, Nigel Robertha, and either Estrada or Kamara. I think you reward the fact that the one good offensive play you came came from Estrada, Nigel Robertha, and um, Taxi. So I think you start them up front. It allows, sort of gives, it gives Taxi, I think, some outlets that he can look for. Um, I think it allows, maybe you can shift who drops in maybe you know if there's a hold up play you have Estrada drop in and he can kind of find outlets to either taxi or to Bertha if there's more of a interplay with the midfield maybe you bring taxi back push Estrada up I think it might give DC a little bit of a different look that might throw some teams for a look I, I think that's what you do I, I think you need to return to the sort of three front line at least generate some even if it costs us a goal we're already like bad enough on defense right now. The best thing this team can do defensively is to keep the ball away from the defensive side of the field as much as they can. And I think you only do that if you have a three man front line to try to generate some offense. It might not work every game, but it's certainly, I think going to be better than what we're seeing. Um, Cavalier Max, AKA my dad, uh, John <laughs> Meyer says DC United management said, this is a playoff caliber team with a world-class coach. Obviously both, Judgments can be wrong, but which one do you think is the most in error and why? And I think it's honestly Chad Ashton. is the coach. Like there is, there is, there is a, there is a probably a universe or alternate reality where this team actually is sitting quite comfortably into the playoffs. Maybe, I don't know, uh, Lasada listened to people and that's what changed. I mean, there is not, there is this, this lineup is not completely devoid of. Of talent, and I think with anything in MLS, it's honestly it's razor thin margin sometimes between being really good and really bad. It's not as like drastic as it used to be, but it's still there. Like and, to be and pl- decent, playoff caliber team is not a honorific in a yeah. team in a league <laughs> where so many teams make the playoffs. Like that is yeah. that is a low bar, and this team does not meet it. However, like that that is more possible than than assuming that Chad Ashton is in fact going to be a Coach, you want to keep if there were certain players that were hitting also, if Julian Gressel was on a tear, if Nigel Robertha was showing like some of the promise of what his like salary was, if Kamarni Smith was like a great draft pick, if Nigel Jafal like suddenly grew throughout each game, I mean, there, there was a definite ceiling where you could see this team <laughs> maybe eclipsing that playoff spot. That's probably the maximum amount of what we'd see from this team. Um, Arthur Lampros. Uh, says all the talk of finding offensive mid or striker or any talk of defenders that seems like the real issue right now i think honestly this team has probably so much salary sunk right now into defenders you talk about ain hardest got a new contract three hundred fifty thousand dollars. burn bombs on probably his last contract and it's i'm pretty <coughs> sure it's close to tam level um, you have uh bill hamid making basically the max amount of salary he can be before being tam level you have um uh, Brendan Hines, like you just paid, probably not make it as much as Burnbaum, but certainly there. Nope, you definitely um, not. You, yeah, but you have a lot of players. Those, particularly, I think Burnbaum is the key one here. I think this team right now kind of knows what they are. Um, I think, you know, again, they're not completely mathematically eliminated. I think they know the biggest hole they have to fill is right now, I think they, and where they should be focused on is that we got to make sure whatever D designated player we sign next has to be nailed. Because that nailing that can maybe get you into the playoffs. Um, and I think that is going to come from the offensive side of the game. It's the way MLS works. Uh, there's very, very few defensive players that get designated player contracts. Literally, the biggest story this year probably is the fact uh, that Walker Zimmerman got a contract, a designated player contract as a defender. That has also thrown the market completely out of whack as far as trying to sign a player. A lot of people have talked about that. Um, so I think that that also makes your, these players maybe more valuable in the trade market. Yeah. So I, I think there's nothing wrong with saying any of these players are available for trade. Any of these defenders, anybody you want, you, we can have a conversation. 
I think Donovan Pines would be someone they go after as far as like someone with a bit more potential and mm-hmm. maybe good coaching gets him there. But uh, I think there's value, you know, Arthur asking this question, there have been a lot more individual mistakes and this last game sort of throwing that a little bit into sharper contrast, but there have been those uh, and not by Donovan Pines for, for, for a season for once. But yeah, I, I would, I would, you know, it, I don't know if that's correct on Burnbaum. It might be, he might be coming out of contract. I would be open on depending on return. Is, yeah. I'd be open depending on return for any of these players. Yeah. I, none of them, none of them are, none of them are blowing me away. I, I will say, I will say, I, I, I think Burnbaum might be like on one year and like an option year or something. I forget like when his contract. I know when I played like a, I, I briefly played a save with DC United at Football Manager. Like his contract was coming up, and I had to like re either resign him or not resign him, and I resigned him in the game. Um, but uh, so I don't know where his con- and that was beginning of twenty twenty one. I have to remember when his lat when his contract was. I'm not exactly sure, but I thought I remember seeing it. It might be coming up this year. This may be like an option year he's coming into. I I could see the team possibly if they have another year of his contract. I could see him being some pretty good trade bait, or a guy you leave unprotected on your expansion draft. Because if I'm a team like uh, St. Louis looking for a reasonably inexpensive, experienced MLS center back, Steve Burnbaum's right there. Oh, he went. He played in California, didn't he? I'm trying to remember where he played. I was like, did he yep. play like UCAL, out in like the UCAL Berkeley? UCAL Berkeley. Okay, thought maybe he played out in the Midwest, but yeah. So I think not, that's not, right. Not the not the homecoming there. Um, let's yeah. uh, talk. Uh, we got uh, say uh, J Napoleon P. I think is what that is. Uh, what happened to Burnbaum's offensive headers? More Burnbaum talk. They seem to sail or go over the crossbar just because he doesn't jump as high as he's used to. Uh, and is now hitting the ball lower on the ball, or is it just blind luck? I I think Burnbaum has definitely he is the one player I think that has regressed uh, the most. Um, I I think Burnbaum's I say uh, Hamid's regression has been more gradual. I think for me with Burnbaum, it's very much been sort of falling off a cliff. Maybe that changes. I'm not sure, but he does not look like the same player. Maybe he's still dealing with the issue that has plagued him his whole career is that he has never been able to really step up and be that kind of vocal sort of defensive organizer. Uh, when Brilliant clearly was losing steps and steps, uh, he still had an important part because he had an ability very much to kind of organize the defense. And you could see it. And players, he would kind of like place players in positions and and sort of be that guy who could be in the right spot. And Birnbaum's always had the physical prowess. He's just never had the ability to sort of the the soccer IQ or the ability to organize. And I'm sure he would completely reject that notion. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear now he is starting to lose his steps. His physical prowess isn't there. Um, and we're seeing the results in the team and he just doesn't look good. I, I think he's been the worst. If I had to, if I had to highlight the worst offender, um, I'm, I'm circling his name at this point. And folks can probably calm down. He's got eight goals in his entire career and 173 league <laughs> matches. Uh, and the most he's ever scored in one season was three. And that was in his third season at, in 2016. Uh, he's had two twice and then one. So I, I would agree. It's unfortunate that he gets, he, he seems to get his number called a lot on those corners and he gets up and he has a bad, uh, GPS on where it goes. I think, I think concussion could be parts of it. I think, uh, ankle injuries over time could, could be part of it. Um, it's, I, this is not a huge problem. I would say maybe target somebody else on these corners. By the way, this is this is the last year of his contract. He is uh, he was signed in 2020 uh, to a three year contract extension. He will now be at the club till until 2023. Uh, I would put some good money on him not being uh, not being around next year. If I, he I wants to make probably... if he wants to make his contract, he's not going to be around. If he wants to make that that big number, if he wants to reduce it and stay home where he's been his whole career. I think you do that. That's fine. You you, yeah. you make him your new uh, Briant. Yeah, potentially. I, I don't know. I I think there. I think there could also be. I think there would still be a potential market for him. Sure. Um, on say an expansion team that is, you know, flush with general allocation money. Um, I would put some money on him going to St. Louis. I think that would be. You would look at that as a, a solid pickup. Uh, yep. even if you have some other options, it's sort of like a rotational depth option for for him. And I would say he would probably make a lot more money going to those teams than he would because DC would just be trying to he'd start you know, for clear salary. Louis. He'd start. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, was there any other? Sorry. Were there any other questions? Uh, yeah, there's sh- definitely more. 
I think I went through them all. Pretty sure uh, that's it. Who do you think United's? Did we say who we thought United's best defender was? Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, we we can talk about. It. I mean, I, I think it's been. You're probably going to say Donovan Pines just because he hasn't made many mistakes. Um, I will say this game, I thought the best defender in this awful, terrible game uh, was Brendan Heinzeik, and I think he has been probably the most consistent defender of the three out there. Um, I think that's including, uh, I mean, obviously, Eddie Nahar is out there. As cent- there's different roles. Yep. We talk about central defender. There's different roles. What Brendan Heinzeik is asked to do is not what Eddie Nahar is asked to do. Um, and I think if we're talking pure, just defender, central defender, for me, it's been Brendan Hines. Like I'm so, I'm happy to have him back next year with some better surrounding, uh, with some better, uh, defenders to surround him. Yeah, I guess I'll go with that. I don't, I wouldn't, <laughs> it's hard because there hasn't really been anybody good, but I mean, no. he's been, he's been the better. He's, he's the one player I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have back other than, I guess, Donovan Pines. Brad Smith bums me out. Um, oh, yeah. He was expensive, and he's on from a from a acquisition perspective. He was very expensive. He was half of what we got for Paul Ariola leaving. Um, and he, I've not been super impressed. I don't know if he's better and less of a and, and less of an attacking role. Probably not. I just don't know. I just don't know where he fits in with his team going forward. Particularly if a new coach is like, all right, the wingbacks thing is cool, but we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> That's done now. Um, so yeah, I guess Brandon Hines, like I just, just for lack of better options, I think Donovan Pines hasn't played enough, uh, for me to give him that similar to Nahar. Nahar has been injured and Pines just hasn't really played that much. So, yeah, I'm trying to look at what his contract situation is. I wonder if he was coming up on, I mean, he might be coming he up. He just on signed. He just, Hines, like just signed. That was the end of this year. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm talking, I'm talking Brad Smith. Whether, oh. Cause I know we got him for a trade. I'm not sure what his contract situation is. Maybe We're already talking, you year. can tell. Yeah, it might be. It might be. I think Maybe. if you wanted to get top value for him, this might have been the last year they, that Seattle could have done that. We'll we'll come back to that one. I'll I'll look up. It wasn't as easy to find. Um, yeah. As far as I don't know if they renegotiated his contract or who knows. Um, okay. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode of United ninety six here on the Arctic Refugees Podcast Network. Thank you guys so so much for listening. Um, we will be back next week, hopefully completely 100% COVID free on my side, hopefully less of a cough. <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to speak a little bit more without coughing. I tried my best to lower a microphone. It's uh, just, it it's, it gives you, it gives you gravitas. It gives you, it's a very, it's a <laughs> podcast verite. We're really, we're, we're doing our best out here trying to breathe through COVID. Yeah. We actually went in now. It's like an old, <laughs> it's like an old school show talking. God. This is like an old school show talking soccer. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos.